Hello and welcome back to the Not So Fit Couple podcast with your hosts, Lucy Davis and Benjamin Holden. So on this week's episode of the podcast, we've been in debate a little bit this week, haven't we, in regards to the topic that we should do it on. We've had a couple of guests on. We've got some really, really cool, exciting guests lined up over the next couple of weeks, which is really exciting. Yeah. the title of this week's podcast, as you've probably already seen, is Don't Be a Dick to Yourself. And this kind of came from the quote that I've been applying recently to all aspects of my life, whether it's to do with training, diet, work, and just general day-to-day life. So in today's podcast, we're going to talk a little bit on self-criticism, self-doubt, a little bit around the imposter syndrome, which we spoke about before. And then we really want to finish off with some tips on, on self-love pretty much. Yeah, so this has kind of been Ben's motto. Sorry, just um, really interrupt with the air. <laughs> I literally, I cannot stand that monster can. I wish I could just throw it out the window. It makes me feel all weird inside. But yeah, this is this has been Ben's motto. Like, don't be a dick to yourself and all about self-criticism. And I think it's something that's really prominent in a lot of people's lives. We, as humans, instinctively, we can be very negative about ourselves. We can be very critical and we just want you to have a kind of like a different outlook. Yeah. I think just before we have to dive into the podcast itself today as well, I just want to say a massive, massive thank you to everyone who has voted so far for us in the British Podcast Awards. Yay. If you have been listening to the podcast over the last couple of weeks, months, then please, 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 um, if you can, drop us a vote on the um BBC British podcast. BBC British podcast awards. We'll probably leave it the link somewhere. um, In you'll probably find it on one of our swipe ups. We'll we'll try and leave it on the micro school page. I sent an email about it this week because it's actually been nine months now since we launched the podcast. Twenty four episodes, loads of cool guests, and we're really just enjoying it. And we're we're glad it's helping you guys. Yeah, one hundred percent. So I feel like we'll kick off with the I was going to say that the basics of the podcast that's not right what we're going to talk about in today's podcast includes things such as self-criticism self-doubt imposter syndrome failure and I thought I would have a read more around like the definition of self-criticism because I think it can be taken a lot of different ways and it's actually really simple it's just criticism of yourself or your actions now self-criticism is typically experienced as negative internal thoughts about yourself or more specifically about your behaviors or attributes now when self-critical thoughts apply broadly rather than focus on a particular behavior they're more likely to impact you negatively and just for some examples of like really broad negativity and self-criticism it's I'm a failure I can't do anything I can't do this oh I'm not good enough oh I'm really ugly I'll never get better so they're the sort of things where you're not focusing on one aspect everything seems to be against you and you're self-critical about absolutely everything about you and you feel like you can't improve yeah, we. I think we all have these voices in our heads that often go around, often spiral around, and it's really difficult to, I suppose, start to be conscious of the fact of how we are talking to ourselves. And these inner voices in our head, now some, some of them are bad, and some of them are actually really good. They encourage us to complete 
um, a few more reps, do an extra run, um, a few more kilometers, or they even tell us to stop eating that last fucking cookie. Mm-hmm. Like, these, these voices can be good. However, some of the voices we hear on a day-to-day basis, no matter how successful or how confident we may seem, are there to drag us down mm-hmm. or create some kind of self-doubt. They are defeatist and panic us and we say things to ourselves that we would not even say to our worst enemy. So, for example, you fat little cunt, you skinny little worm, you look stupid in that topic. Like, do these kind of examples of how we speak to ourselves on a day-to-day basis and how, how disgusting they are that we would even say that to to ourselves? Yeah, I agree massively. And... I think obviously what you said there, that is where it's a lot more likely to actually affect your confidence. So when you're really critical about yourself and it starts to affect your confidence and then it contributes to the development of both your physical and your mental health. So if you're nasty to yourself, essentially, that's the best way for me to describe it. If you're nasty to yourself, if you're very kind of like hateful, like Ben just said, and you wouldn't wish it upon your worst enemy, of course it's going to affect not just your mental health but also your, your physical health and how you see yourself and how you act it could be like oh oh i no, just, just hit i just hit my smashing the gap up today i just hit my thing um yeah and a high level of self-criticism actually prevents you from taking risks and taking assertive opinions or actually just believing in your own abilities and you don't think you can do anything. So this is why we wanted to go through it in more detail of how you can kind of overcome Mm -hmm. self-criticism as well. And it's something we've both actually dealt with, um, I think think quite significantly. I think it's something that everyone deals with at some point in their life. It's just a case of of how you deal with it and more so being subconscious of, of that voice that's in your head because I think what we do is we all internalize other people's thoughts or mm-hmm. we take on board what we think others may be thinking and then create this inner voice that is ruthless and damaging and it's it, it essentially what is becoming a part of being unhappy with ourselves is is kind of changing these inner voices one of the things that i believe we need to do is change these internal thoughts and what we say to ourselves and create positive and convincing variety of voices that tell us that we we are confident we are worthy and that we are enough it's that thing as well where i think this is from the book the secret and it you kind of i think you probably know what i'm gonna say then where you what i can't actually think of the specific phrase they use where you say something like i am a runner or i am a business owner i i am a gym goer and you you say something so much and you believe believe in yourself so much that it becomes subconscious to you it's it's that thing of like the universe almost like gives you back whatever you That's, tell it is like yeah. it mirrors mirrors what you put out so if you keep putting it out there and telling well i am this i i am that i am a good runner i, I am um i am clever i am smart i am yeah. beautiful then you will get that back from from the universe it will it kind of reciprocate it yeah definitely and something that I wanted to touch on and this is from a book that I am reading currently which I would recommend to literally anybody which is the chimps paradox I think it is a bible oh my gosh it's mine and Ben's favorite book now a high level of self-criticism will prevent someone from 
taking risks, like I said before, and having your own opinion and feeling like you're going to be judged. Now, this is where a lot of the self-doubt comes from when we fail. When we fail at something, there are obviously consequences to our self-esteem and self-worth. I, for one, I'm not very good at failing. I I just, I find it uncomfortable. I don't deal with it as well as I probably could. Now, the chimp inside of us, and this is the less controlled, more rational aspect of our brain, will see failure as a complete catastrophic event and typically gets the outcome completely out of perspective. So you blow things out of proportion when you fail and you're absolutely against your own self. Now, the chimp will often see failure as evidence that you're a worthless human being and you're useless and everyone is judging you, everyone thinks bad of you that you failed when really that's your own self saying that, nobody else has said that to you, that is your own brain. Now the human part of our brain, i.e. the much more logical side, we see things as being relative and you accept that sometimes you don't win or you don't always get things right and you see failure as a learning curve. So the humans accept the outcome and work with it. Now, this is all from the book. And as you can see from what I've just said there, there are two very, very different perceptions of failure. And what you need to be aware of is that your chimp is so much stronger than the human. So it's more powerful. It will be there more times in your head. So it's hard to override. Now, this is where you need to be a little bit more clever with yourself and actually kind to yourself and not think so rationally and think you're this massive failure when something happens because in retrospect you're not nothing's happened you've just not reached your own expectation yeah I think the thing that we need to remember is that confidence self-love or happiness does not need to be attached just to success or competence Mm -hmm. we think that because we are not very good at something might be running might be cooking might be driving, whatever it is. I know for, for me personally, that uh, I have then told myself that I'm not worthy, which is bullshit. Mm-hmm. And we are worthy even if we if we fail because failure is so, so, so important. Like he's been talking about there, of course. And if we look at the most successful people who win in life, in careers, in sports or with their goals, you will find that these are the people who have failed the most at some point in life. But these are the people who learned, did not critique themselves to the point of mm-hmm. giving up, but instead said, do you know what? Fuck it. Like, I want this. I am worthy of this. And I'm going to fucking get it. Yeah. I think that's really actually relevant in sport. I feel like for someone who grew up in sports, such as myself, and this was when I was a little bit younger and I was so nasty to myself in my head I literally thought failure was the end of the world because there was a lot of pressure I feel like when there's pressure to do something you take the failure harder because you you're trying to meet an expectation in your head that you have to meet you either win or you lose there's no in between and in reality you've kind of just set that up in your own head you've set your own expectation where yes you could be successful or you could be partially successful and you could nearly do something but rather than seeing like the wins in situations and seeing the good in situations you go straight to the negative and you only think about the bad things I think it's actually that's actually the same as social media you get one bad comment you do not oh hello you do not look at any um, any of the positive comments 
you look at that one single negative comment, which is the, the same thing we do when we're in a situation where we might have failed something. Yeah, because it's, it's that thing though, if in order to increase your wins, you need to increase your losses. If you lose more, you win more. And that's a simple thing. And I think people are so afraid of losing because of the negativity that they've associated with it, they've attached to it, that they're not competent, that they're not good enough because they failed. Whereas if you start to see failure as a good thing and as something to learn from, then I think you create far less self-doubt in the future that, oh shit, I'm going to fail. It's, it's the worst thing. But I think this comes back to being at school. In what way? Because... You I started to stay stern then, didn't I? In what way does yes. that mean? In what way, ben? In what way? Um, no, I just actually just wanted to give it. Because we're always told that you, like, to take the safe route, take the safe bet, be good in school, get past your yeah, grade, okay. get the safe job, get security for the future. You're not taught, like, take risk, be creative, mm-hmm. put yourself out there. You're not taught, you're not taught those things. You, you're not taught about business, you're not taught about finances. Um, you're not, you not really talk about, like, it's creativity in a, in a certain degree yes you have art and drama or whatever else but I still don't think creativity is pushed enough or to be taking a risk or taking a gamble on the things that you actually enjoy doing in life because they're realistically what you are going to succeed in you're not told that you don't learn that I think categorically and systemically that schools at the moment the current structure do not set people up to really win in life yeah, no, I agree massively. And this actually comes down to, this is quite a weird one. I feel like people might be like, oh my God, you're, that's so nasty what I'm about to say. But when you give a kid a sixth or seventh place ribbon, you're not really teaching them anything. And that's something that my dad said to me when I was like six. <laughs> like, it's the same thing as, you, it, you don't, kids don't learn to accept losing. So I think when we start growing up, we've never had to deal with losing yeah because because everything's kind of pampered in a way and 100 percent, always do your best x y and z a massive believer in that but then as children and society we grow up thinking like it's a bit you know easy come easy go it's quite easy until until something hits you hard in the face and like ben said obviously it is kind of like the school's curriculum and that's kind of like what school is especially like in high school um but yeah i just i felt like that was quite a valid point yeah that's it's it's fine to fuck up and sometimes i think when going back to those voices of when we fail and, and how hard we are on ourselves sometimes sometimes we even just need an outside voice to say it, it's okay mate like to put things into perspective like yeah you fucked up maybe you ate a bit more than you planned for mm-hmm. but one bad day doesn't make for a bad week and once one streak ends, another one begins. And who's who's to say that's not going to be a better streak now that you've learned from previous mistakes? Who's 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 to say that you're not going to win more? Who's going to say that you're not going to do better? Who's not going to say that you're going to stick to your diet more and, yeah. and have a more consistent streak or chain now that you've failed and you've learned why you failed? I think that's so important where, and I think you are actually about to go on to this, is who you surround yourself mm. with. And I always found this just a weird thing in my head when I was like 14, 15, you have like a massive friendship group of like 20 people. And then your parents say, no, you'll have five close people who surround you. And in the chimp book, these are classes, your troop. They're like your strong core. But when you're 14, 15, like, no, I have 25 best friends. Mm -hmm. And if you grow up surrounding yourself with these 25 best friends, I guarantee 
they're not all on the same path. They're not all on the same level as you or actually like a true friend. And I think it's definitely who you surround yourself with, how you act as a person as well and how you take certain situations. Like I have the best five or six people who surround me and who are so supportive and my accountability tools. And that's just something really important where you don't need 20,000 best friends to yeah. feel I think you also think that, don't you? Like, even that when you're a kid in school, you're like, no, I'm never going to, yeah, it's I've always going to be, 20 best I've got friends. 20 friends, <laughs> always going to be with me, like that that kind of thing. But yeah, like you just touched on there, we are, it's, there's that quote, there, isn't it? That we are the five people on average that we sur- surround mm-hmm. ourselves with. And well, if those five people are constantly the ones that are telling you, oh, don't know if you should do that sounds a bit much mm-hmm. it won't work you can't do that then obviously you're going to take that on board and you're going to, you're going to become that person yeah. so you've got to be careful i mean for me it's weird looking back on it because i had like a big friendship group now i have a lot smaller friendship group even to be honest a lot of the friends that i used to be friends with are not friends anymore you yeah i think well, that's as well as you grow up you you're in a very different industry yeah. now and well. i wouldn't say i'm not friends with them i'm just not they're not in your close circle. Mm-hmm. Which is fine. I think obviously as an adult as well, and that's a really good topic is a lot of people panic about not having like 10 or 15 friends when you're an adult. And it's like, no, no, that that's okay. You're not a kid. Yeah. You're not a kid anymore. I think obviously you, you, your friend, but that's the same thing of the, those five people that you surround yourself with. And those five people as you develop in life can change. Mm-hmm. I know that has for me massive. I've, I've gained a lot of really good friends from the industry that I'm in and who are in the same field that I'm in and the relationship and the friendship just clicks because we're both in the same mindset we're both we're all not both I've got more than one friend <laughs> we'll hope have anyway um we're in the same boat we want to be successful in life with whatever goals we may have at that time and I think that's why it's just important and for me I had to cut I had to cut some of the fat out of my life I know that sounds probably quite um What's the word I'm looking for? Probably sounds quite ruthless. Mm. But I think it's some pe- sometimes you have to do that. You're going to have to um, make some difficult decisions and and, and kind of... So in avoid, terms of cutting people out who are yeah, negative. Cut people yeah. off or, or, or risk never achieving or moving past that point that you're up to. Because the... I think I got this quote from online. The, the salary that you are on will generally fall within 20% of those that you surround yourself with. And this is due most of the time because your friends, despite what they may say, don't want you to become more successful than they are. And although that we think that our friends generally are the most supportive, they've got our back, sometimes they can be the biggest obstacle in what we want to achieve moving Mm -hmm. forward because they can be that voice of doubt or self-doubt and create that doubt of on our heads because if you're the person that you surround yourself with, the five people, and they're the people who create that self-doubt, then you're always going to be in line with those comments or those suggestions or those holdbacks that are stopping you from moving forward with what you want to achieve. Yeah, I think that's actually really important where I said before about if you are or if you have high levels of self-criticism, it prevents you from taking risks and asserting your opinion or behaviours. So if you are lacking quite a lot of self-esteem and you're very self-critical, you might feel in yourself like you can't break away from negative people because you don't have the courage to do so. And I think that's really important for you 
just to just to know yeah. and just to take aware that you do need to have that confidence and you do need to have that assertiveness assertiveness isn't being a dick by the way it's just having belief in your own opinion everyone can have their own opinions like me and ben say this all the time like we don't really argue we have differing opinions we have debates about things because you're not going to agree on everything apart from with it, everyone like, apart from it, like the the cleaning products come out then I, I mean when my shit. cleaning products and my spray come out it's all hell breaks loose did I speak, <laughs> did I speak about this in the podcast I, I don't think I don't know if it was a podcast I think one it was of the things YouTube. where there's an argument stemming <laughs> is if Lucy gets the Mr. Muscle out or the cleaning products whatever it is because I can be sitting there right I'm doing I might be doing some work and then all or eating and I just feel some spray hit me on the side of the face on the arm. Always accidental. And she's just cleaning, she's cleaning around me as I'm doing <laughs> stuff there. Oh, there's a nice big fucking blodger fairy liquid on your chicken and rice there, Ben. <laughs> Thanks for that topping. I wanted that on top of my, on top of my Mate. lunch today. Just loads of chemicals. Maybe girls, you can relate to me of just being like a super clean freak. I mean, I've had it since I was like ten years old. But I mean, yeah, it's not. And then you know, honestly, I have, I have, if there was not a lock on the bathroom door. No doubt. Well, well, I could be mid dropping the kids off at school, and I reckon Lucy would come in and clean my bum. That's how much she enjoys cleaning. <laughs> Maybe not that much. Well, <laughs> well, the, well, we'll never know because there's a good job. There's a lock on the door. <laughs> oh my god. Oh my <laughs> but, god. But um, yeah, like this is this even relates back to, um, I think it's a generational thing with yeah. that in regard to what you can and can't do and thinking outside the box. And we're living in an era now of like creativity entrepreneurship social media you can you can create your own destiny so to speak there's a lot more opportunities out there because of the internet and i remember when this is part of the reason why i went into the police and it's and this is no like disrespect to my dad or anything like that but he was one of the people who said to me when i when he's like we were talking about that talk with your dad don't you like oh what do you want to be when you're older kind of thing and I mm. got past that point of like oh I want to be a football player because that, that's when my dad yeah. and um, I said oh, I want to I want to be a PT and I was like oh it'd be too fucking stupid it's a shit mm. job like basically because there's no security in it as a PT there's, there's, no, there's no security in that whereas with the police there's security there's always going to be crime there's always going to be a job there it's a long term career there's a pension there's blah 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 and again that comes down to that generational era if you go to school you get good grades and you get the job you go with, with low risk. Yeah, yeah. That. And it's it's difficult because, again, you're surrounded by those people, friends and family, where sometimes they can be the people who pull you back and you've got to be able to see those things and be more mindful of those comments and not let them become part of who you are. Yeah, definitely. I think that actually puts us into a really nice step to talk about self-doubt and self-criticism. Mm-hmm. And... So just to kind of give you a background, when I started my career as basically owning a business, being a businesswoman and going into the fitness industry, and this was around three years ago, I had really hard issues with self-doubt and thinking that I wasn't capable of doing what needed to be done and that I wasn't actually worthy of owning my own business. Now, this was the same with posting videos on social media. I think initially it is a really scary thing to do I'm not gonna lie and you obviously have to build confidence it doesn't it just come naturally to some people if you're like a performer and stuff but it didn't come very naturally to me and it was that feeling of I'm not good enough to be doing this there are others who are better than me they're more experienced what about if they know better or what if I'm doing it wrong 
So all these things like fly around your head. And this is the issue where you have to understand and stop being so critical on yourself and the self-doubt. There's no reason to have that self-doubt. You shouldn't be comparing yourself to anyone else. You should only compare yourself to you. And that was a really good quote from Kevin Hart, who I recently listened to in Joe Rogan's podcast, because he was Woo! in, love Kevin, Hart. love Kevin Hart, he was in a really bad car crash and he could have been paralyzed. And he's saying, I'm not bettering than anyone else. I'm bettering myself now than before my crash. He could have been paralyzed and his health saved him. So his actual like core, like his his core and his body and his strength saved him from being paralyzed. Was that early on in his life? No, he wasn't long ago. He, oh, really? Yeah, he's only still recovering. Oh, and I listened to this podcast and I was just blown away because he just talks about you're not comparing yourself to anyone else. You don't doubt your own abilities to anyone else because they aren't you. You're comparing them to a previous you and you just want to do better and you want to improve and be like, yeah, oh my God, I've just beat my, my previous self from last month or I beat myself from the day before. This is amazing. And I think that's what can really, really grow you as a person and grow your confidence but i know you wanted to touch on imposter syndrome as well to be honest i was going to uh i'll touch on slightly but just on that note like you're talking about there and i, th- I think that's kind of the icing on top of the um critical cake of what you've been talking about of when you first start on social media and you start becoming more successful is that if you do move past this point of um moving past those five other trends you start doing your adventure you start becoming more mm-hmm. successful the more successful you become, the more voices we will have to deal with coming at you with with critiques and of people who are more envious. Yeah. So now you've moved past that point. Now you're like, yeah, I've got my shit together. I'm going to employ myself to something that I want to do, something that I enjoy doing, something that makes me happy, something that I've got a passion about. Now you've got to deal with people who are envious of you and are going to critique you because of that. Yeah, definitely. And I think, obviously, I think our situation will be a little bit different to other people um, because we are on social media and there's a lot of differing pressures. But I think you can apply self-doubt in any career. So going for a job interview, you might think in your head, oh, I'm not actually good enough for this job. Why aren't you good enough? You've got the interview. doesn't mean you're not good enough or you've just started a new job or a new position or you've moved to a new school or you've met new people oh god what if they don't like me what about if if they think this or they think that or I'm going to be judged and you create all these I would say they're quite anxious feelings because you're thinking about something that isn't really there so you're thinking about the future and what's happening so I think that's really something to take note of yeah yeah 100% um I know we're going to speak a little bit about imposter syndrome but I think we did it a little bit on on another podcast so I don't want to delve too much into it but I think with imposter syndrome, again, it's just another form of, of self-doubt. Yes. Because it definitely falls under the umbrella of self-doubt. Yeah, because all you're doing is telling yourself that you're not good enough, you shouldn't be there, that um, you're not worthy of whatever it, whatever it is that you are about to do. And it happens with, with all of us at, at some point in life. And... What we do is we, we transform these critiques into things that we think are factual. So, well, we need to know what we tell ourselves every day is what we will become, basically. Because we, what's that quote about habits that we are 
or everyday habit is it i can't remember what's from atomic habits now no i know yeah i know what you mean it's like what you you give off and what you do every day is is your is your own yeah self. it's what you become so what you become, yeah. if you constantly tell yourself i'm not enough um i, I don't believe myself etc etc then they're things that are going to accumulate instead of telling myself telling yourself on a day-to-day basis like i am enough i believe myself and my potential like i am fucking sexy naked those kind of quotes like you, <laughs> you tell yourself and then then what you need to do is feel where maybe you feel resistant to them like mm-hmm. if you tell yourself something like this happened to me when I, I actually forgot to tell you this last week i had my weekly uh, sorry my bi-weekly therapy session last week it's bi-weekly every two weeks yes oh you learn something new every day and i had to do this in a session in regards to saying like i am enough like even though this has happened i, I am enough like i love myself and I found it hard sometimes and and you've got to ask yourself like where do you feel that resistance like where in your body in your head in your mind what part of you feel some resistance to saying that to yourself and then to think about why do you know what's so interesting there and I just tried to say it in my head then I was like oh you're pretty and it makes you feel awkward because you think you're being egotistical you think you're being like a narcissist and being like, oh, I'm so pretty. Like there's a difference with having self-confidence within yourself and just being like, oh, I, f- I feel good today. Mm. I feel pretty today. Wow, like that gym session was great. I actually look really good. Yeah. Than being like, oh, I'm the best human in the whole entire world. Like you're all beneath me. Yes. That's what I, like a narcissist does. The people, yeah. they think they're above everyone else and everyone else believe beneath them. Everyone is level. Yeah. Everyone is on the same playing field. There's no like difference if you earn more it doesn't matter if you earn less if you have more followers this this and this it doesn't matter that's so irrelevant it's how you can portray yourself and you can be kind to yourself well that's again where we need to be more aware of these negatives because most of the time they become subconscious like saying stuff like well i'm an idiot or do you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. you tell yourself a lot of people go oh i'm such an idiot every day and don't realize the impact that that may have long term and on the subconscious and like for example i've said to myself for oh, fucking shit my job i'm a shit coach like sometimes i have these feelings of imposter syndrome that i sometimes struggle with or can't get rid of but then actually when you take a step back and use a quote of well oh, address the situation am i actually just being a dick to myself because at the end of the day i've been a coach for eight years i have over 30,000 members on my coaching school and I have personally changed the lives of thousands of people. Now when I I, I tell that to myself and I stop and think for a minute, I think, fuck me, I'm not a shit coach. I'm a a brilliant coach. And again, like Lucy's just touched on, it's completely different to being narcissistic. Yeah, it is. It's completely different. And just for for people who listen, like being a narcissist, basically I, I found the definition is one of several types of personality disorders, is a mental condition in which people have an inflated sense of their own importance, a deep need for excessive attention or admiration, um, and a lack of empathy for others. So don't get confused with being narcissistic. You can tell yourself that you are good enough, that you are, and look back at things that you've achieved, because for some people, you, you might go, oh, I'm such an idiot, I'm, I'm, I'm such a bell end, whatever it might be, but are you really an idiot? Like. Have you been to school? You're educated. You've got credentials. You've got mm. experience. You've got past. You've got previous. You've got results. You're not really an idiot, are you? Like if you if you've done that, and this is where I believe that most people 
a kind of the opposite of how you treat other people. And I think this is important because you don't know you've got experience with, um, like that whole scenario of putting yourself in court and how you speak to other people. Yeah, like th- that's what I did in my therapy where yeah. it was you. So you have this this thought in your head, maybe like an anxious thought or a stress thought, and you put it into like a pretend court, and you have to gain evidence for both sides of the argument. And more times than not, there will be no evidence to support this made up thing in your head because obviously it's made up. It's just anxiety. It, it's not really there. There's nothing to support what you're actually thinking, which was actually a really, really good mm-hmm. technique that I took away from the um, therapy session. But just something I wanted to touch on then that I read this morning in my book was, so you envision your dream and your goal as um, a mountain. You always do. You always think, oh my God, there's so much to do. Like, I can't believe this. You look up, you look at this mountain and it's really off-putting. Of course it would be, it's terrifying. But if you actually break it down into segments, so you wouldn't just go and climb Mount Everest in one day, it would take you months. So you break everything down into these camps. So every time you cross a little path, like a little camp, you look back at your previous success. You don't look up at what else and how much stress you've got and to get this dream and this goal. Keep ticking away and always being proud of those little wins. Mm-hmm that you have so look back turn around think yeah okay I've done this this week oh I did that last month okay my next goal is this and then once that one's completely look back and think cool like I'm I keep going rather than being like overwhelmed with what what needs to be done and how you need to approach a situation that's part of enjoying the process as well though isn't it because you don't want to always take the quickest route it's like when we went to Australia last year and we was the we traveled down the Gold Coast Mm -hmm. we wouldn't have gone okay Right, here's, here's our point A, here's the bottom, here's our point B, which was, I don't know, Brisbane. What is the quickest route that we can get there? That would be fucking pointless. It's so unenjoyable. You want to enjoy every part of the process. You're not looking to go, all right, how can we get there the quickest and then get back in the most efficient way possible? No, you want to do it the most enjoyable way possible. You want to enjoy that process. You want to experience the things that come as part of that journey. Yeah, definitely. And like we said at the start of the podcast, we didn't just want to completely give you all this information about self-criticism and self-doubt and imposter syndrome and failure without actually giving some tips to you that you can take away. Now, this is all about practicing self-love and how you do it in different ways, but what, go on. Yeah, I just wanted to cut out um, about the narcissism thing and about comparing yourself to other people. I believe that most people are actually opposite to this. Most people are narcissists. The majority of people, I believe, um, will give to others more. So, for example, when you're from, when you're from, your friend, <laughs> I'm going to say your friend or your mum, I'm turning to from. Turn to from, that's what I do. Um, when like your friend, your mum, dad, pet, wherever it is, gets sick, six, gets sick, you will say, oh, like you need paracetamol, paracetamol, you need to go to the doctor, see the GP, and like you'll go to the shop for them, yeah. you get medication for them, like, if you, in my case, you go and get like one of those Lucasades original because that's what you did when you were <laughs> you were real when I was a kid. You just got there. There's there's Lucasades original. Luke's You're gonna be fine. Um, and you know the score. We'll we will do anything and everything for for them to help them get better. However, if it is us who gets sick, what happens? You go. Oh, I'll be okay. I don't need anything. I'll see it off. Mm. And why do we do that? Why are we? Why are we so much harsher on ourselves? But like, if it's someone else, 
will do anything and everything for them. You do it. So, you do it loads of times. Because you, if I'm ill, you'll do the, the loads of stuff for me. I'll panic you if you're buy ill. stuff like make sure I'm okay. But if it's you, it's, oh, I'll be fine. It's nothing wrong. It'll be alright. Yeah, that, that's actually so interesting because it's like one of those things though? you don't want to come across as like needy or needing help from other people. I feel like that's where it stems from because you don't want to kind of. I don't want like you don't want to take other people's time. You don't want to bother them and. That's actually such an important point that I hadn't even because it's thought about, and it's like that quote of, oh, what's the quote? It's like, is it tr- treat like your your neighbor how you would treat how, yourself? How you, yeah, wish to be treated or something. Yeah, but like I that. think it, that role should be reversed because we treat ourselves like shit most of the time. Mm. So I think if you treat your neighbor how you would treat yourself, then a lot more people would be a lot nicer to themselves. So I think that if you reverse that quote. It'd be a lot more powerful. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I'm just and trying to reverse it in my head. Unfortunately, we are, as humans, predetermined to say negative shit to ourselves. And we've been hardwired for millions of years to be in survival mode, which has been helpful, obviously, when we go back in time to be in, like, fight or flight, like those, mm-hmm. I don't know, fucking bears and stuff we had to fight with. Um and being in survival mode was helpful but now it's more of a hindrance as we are always looking for things that are gonna go wrong and that are negative so as a as a result we evolved to learn quickly from bad experiences and slowly from good ones i.e when someone tells us we look good we often batter off with something away yeah we we choose not to really take it on and we are we are we are wired to take in the bad and ignore the good because of this and it's predetermined so statements such as you don't have you don't have this do you so like for example we all i think we're all predetermined to say negative shit first because we don't know we're nervous or like if you, we always walk into the shop and go you don't have this do you instead of just going oh have you got this yeah we say why why would they say you don't have this do you you already predetermined it's something negative that's not going to be there mm. or, or like say you like you're asking your partner something or like you, you don't want to go to the cinema do you you're always and it's like whoa like i didn't even ask the question i think you're already protecting your ego and doing something yeah. or you say something like i might be stupid but like you're always starting over negative why mm. and i think that, again that's that's just predetermined and it's no wonder that people end up depressed because we mm-hmm. we've got this kind of subconscious it's always thinking and picking up the negative and there was actually a, a ted talk that i watched um given by a lady who I can't remember her name. Um, but she actually said that a, it was about a Google stat and the Google stat was, and it showed that over 10,000 people per month Googled, am I ugly? Aww. How horrible is that? Is that? I'm not going to lie, I've probably done that before. But how horrible is that? Oh, like people, People's perception of themselves. Mm. Like, there's over 10,000 people per month on Google Googling, am I ugly? I think that's fucking horrible. It is. It's horrible. It's awful. And, but again, it's it's there's different perceptions created. Again, it's that self doubt. And how many times do we tell ourselves, "I'm such an idiot. I'll never do this. I can't do this." And again, it becomes it becomes habits and 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 kind of subconscious to us all all the time because we can't take on compliments, can we? Like we we struggle to. And I I know even you do this sometimes. Like, and I'll give you a compliment. And I think it, I, I do it sometimes and I've done it a lot before and you notice it with a lot of people is that you get a compliment 
And then what you'll look to do straight away is you'll either batter off and say, oh, no, I'm not, or you'll look to pay a compliment back instead of just saying, thank you. Thank you. Because mm-hmm. that's acknowledging that you are so you are that thing, you are that positive, you are good, you are great, is when you just say thank you. That's what we need to do more because then it internalises it. As, yeah. as we are that we are we and we should be thankful of that we are that yeah we should set you all the challenges the next time next time somebody compliments you just say thank you yeah and see how it feels yeah 100 percent. and it's hard sometimes it, it, sometimes it makes you feel really uncomfortable like you think you have to give like like ben said you think you have to give someone a compliment back whereas you can't just accept like a first single compliment and a thank you and and kind of let it sink in now we will go into our self-love they're not really techniques they're just things that kind of help you improve your self-love and I think a massive one is just practicing self-care and this can fall into so many different things so getting enough sleep so you're not fatigued you're not moody you feel revitalized maybe doing some yoga or mobility um going to the shops and doing a healthy food shop and just feeling really like looking after yourself yeah. it's just it's just all about looking after yourself and even to the things like and i know i've had this as a woman like shaving your legs exfoliating oh, you as a woman i fucking well, do it. Well. i know how that feels yeah do you know what i mean and just making yourself feel good because why the hell not you need to value yourself enough to make self-care practices a regular part of your own routine i couldn't agree more like no joke one of the this is so relevant what you're just speaking about now because once we got up and we finished our morning routine this morning i felt like a little bit groggy and whatever and you were just outside doing something i think you were i don't know chatting to a neighbor or whatever (laughs) and um i went down i just went down got a shave neatened up a little bit bit of sloppy chop chop on the (laughs) on the old kind of used a bit of mustache oil got the uh the handlebars in check put a bit of aftershave on put a nice t-shirt on and I was in a different mindset when we came to the podcast. Mm-hmm. Honestly, and I know for as guys, it's something that isn't kind of pushed out there as much as something that we should do. And we we don't look after ourselves as much. It's the females thing. Like again, I'm not being a misogynist or sexist or whatever. I just think that's something that mm-hmm. over previous years has been put been pushed more so is, is is female grooming over over male grooming. And I think that's why guys struggle with it now m- more so. Mm-hmm. And why, when we get criticised for it, people struggle struggle with it because it's not something that we've had to do, so to speak. But I feel great after I've been down on a bit of a shave, a bit of a an eating up, even trim my legs up a little bit. I'm not gonna lie, I enjoy doing it. I don't know, put put a little bit of what's that cream called? The stuff that removes hair. Veet. Veet. Put a little bit Horrible. of veet on. Stinks. I enjoy veet, you know. It does Absolutely smell like stinks. it smells like dead feet. But yeah, <laughs> it, kind of just a bit of self care. And this falls in loads of aspects like Lucy was talking about exercise, proper sleep, even a bit of intimacy, you know, but feels great, doesn't it? It does. And these kind of interactions are healthy and they make you feel better. Yeah, 100%. Now, another thing you can do is actually connect with your inner self. And if you are more interested on this topic, I would suggest reading the book, The Power of Now. It's a very philosophical and about enlightenment and I just think it is actually a really good book I couldn't relate to it all I'm not gonna lie but there are some aspects that are brilliant now whatever is going on in your world you have to make time to connect with your eternal self and your inner being I think what happens is most of our lives we base 
our worth on our titles, on our job roles, on our achievements. And you identify success and failures and relationship status, money in the bank and all these things when in reality, you just need to, to stop and think, okay, I just need to make some time to connect with myself. And this could be through so many different things. It's very personal to you. This could be journaling. It could be exercising. It could be doing something you love. It could be meditating. It could be chatting to a friend. You just need to respect yourself and understand that you you are inherently worthy of yourself um, as a human being. Yeah, it makes sense. I think what you're talking about there as well is, is obviously protecting yourself Mm-hmm. And looking after yourself in regards to your your time is precious. The type of people you let let into your life is is precious. And if you don't need to be there, like I was talking before, it might sound quite harsh, but get rid of them, cut off the fat. There isn't enough time for you to waste on people who want to take away from your life and genuinely love you. And we spoke about I think on a podcast with Sunny as well is that that case of well where do you put your fucks you've got so many fucks in your day where where are you giving those fucks to are you giving so many of those fucks to other people that's taken away from you and get and giving the energy back to yourself yeah definitely now a really important thing to note is what as well as what ben actually touched on before is actually treating yourself how you would treat a friend or a loved one like ben said we most of the time are very nasty in our own heads because as well you say in your own head so you're not actually saying out loud because you'd never say some of the stuff you say to a friend ever they probably wouldn't wouldn't be your friend now it's just all about being a bit more kinder and gentle with yourself especially when you're going through times of suffering or anxiety which I've also suffered with and you have to give yourself that bit of encouragement and celebrate the little things. Yeah. It's all right to celebrate the little things in the better moments. And when you do have a decision to make, you just have to say to yourself, and I, this is so funny the way that I say this, but I always say, what would Debs do? Well, that's my mum, and she's the most positive person I know. And she would do something amazing and she'd think of something positive and she'd be very optimistic and it changes my mindset. Now, I know not everyone has a Debs, um, but you say, you say to yourself, what would someone who loves themselves do? What would what would they do in this situation rather than taking on like a complete that. negative? Yeah, I think that's a great shout. Like, and it's I've asked myself that question when it comes to other stuff like business stuff, but the same with self love is like, what would you ask yourself? What would a successful person do, or what would the person mm. who has self love do? Yeah. yeah, exactly. And I think that comes down to as well learning when to forgive yourself. Like, mm-hmm. we all make mistakes, we're all learning, we're all growing. Like I said before, we're all fucking winging it. So yeah. learn to forgive yourself and learn from those lessons when you make those mistakes will help you to start truly loving yourself. Because the fact is, you're not perfect and you never will be. Mm-hmm. I'm not perfect. I don't know anyone who's perfect. And the, the quicker we dismiss that notion, the easier it will be because we're all, as humans, we're all just so hard on ourselves sometimes. And we all make we all make mistakes. We all fuck up on our diet. We all snack. We all have a little binge. We all have a little bit too much. But again, it comes down to that point. I think you can apply to anything in life, and that's why I'm so strong on that quote. Don't be a dick to yourself. Mm-hmm. Like so many people are different with things. Some people need to learn to say no more. If your goal is to become lean or lose weight and get and get more confidence, then sometimes you need to learn to say no to the extra night out of the week. 
Mm-hmm. Whereas for some people, it's a case of, yeah, I need to say, yeah, more to extra pizza slice, to going out on a Saturday night, to having a couple of drinks, yeah. to relaxing a little bit because you're being far too harsh on yourself. And it's, it's learning when to have a little bit more flexibility and when it's the time to say to say no because it's going to protect yourself. Yeah, definitely. I agree massively with everything you just said. And it is... Um, it isn't something that will happen overnight. It's it's something that you have to continually do and and start to practice as well and create those habits. Now, the last one that we just wanted to touch on was actually practice gratitude for yourself and your body. Now, instead of focusing what you perceive to be wrong with you, focus on all the amazing things that you do have to offer. Now, love the quote, energy flows where attention goes. So the more that you shift your perception towards your positive attributes, the more of them you will uncover. So the more you will find when you start seeing things in a more positive light. And we're not saying you have to literally feel positive and driven every single day. That's not human. I feel like nobody can do that. That's fine. But it's just shifting your perception towards your own positive attributes and this could be completely different. So I could be like, oh, I really like my hair curly today because I usually just don't like it. But I could look in the mirror and rather than being like, my hair's so frizzing curly, it's disgusting. I could be like, your your curly hair looks cute today. And it's just having those different things where you can open up more doors and uncover more of your positive attributes because obviously it's important to remember that this is then going to shine through your confidence and your own self-confidence as a human being. I think... um that's been what you just touched on there is a massive thing in regards to why we got the, the morning journals that we've got the six minute journal six minute journals it's a life fucking saver. game changer like you cannot start your day in a negative mindset or focus on negatives if you have already put down your free gratitudes mm-hmm. i'm just gonna i'm gonna actually flick into oh, i've got your journal here <laughs> do you oh, mind if i read that read what, my, one of your gratitudes yeah you was? can read my gratitudes um, it'll be all the way back ooh. at page i've got my little no, thing in i'm gonna take it from a random one oh, okay um let's see what Lucy's gratitudes were i have a lot of gratitudes i've get, done i've done my gratitude book for so long or the line no let's just i'll i'll find a good one no, for I'll you do. okay okay we'll go to the next page this one on the 10th um controlling my anxiety being happy living at home my independence so I that mean, was so long ago that was in february they're quite big ones but they can be as simple as i think i wrote a mine this morning coffee <laughs> The sun, my morning apple, and I can't remember what the other one was now for life me. But if you pick up on those small everyday gratitudes and you're happy with those smaller things, there's no mm-hmm. way that you can start your your day on a negative. And that is, and it comes down to starting to live with more intentions. So the one of the other things that's in the six minute journal is a positive affirmation. Mm-hmm. So telling yourself that you are something. So living with that intention, because if your intention is to live. Um, a more healthy, happy life, you'll make the decisions that then support this intention and feel good about yourself when you succeed in that purpose. And I think, like I often put in mind, I am a, I am a good coach. I'm going to change more people's lives. I am a creator. Mm-hmm. Like, I keep doing that. I'm a runner. Yeah. So you tell yourself those time. things and you live to those intentions, you're going to be happy with them. And I just wanted to kind of quickly run through this this happy quote that I took from the journal because I think it's really powerful. And it is that the most important trick to be happy is to realize that happiness is a choice that you make and the skill that you develop. You choose to be happy and then you work at it. 
Yeah. So I love that. Happiness isn't something that you can just slap you in the face in the morning. It's something <laughs> that you've got to work at and you've got to develop. And it's something that you've got to work towards and, and you've got to conjure that happiness through living with intention and doing those things that we just talked about now. Yeah, definitely. And I feel like that quote is a wonderful way to finish today's podcast. Absolutely feel over the moon. Enjoy that one. I always enjoy the podcast. You know it what? always makes me feel so alive. Wait, me and Lucy spoke about this this week and when we absolutely love Wednesdays because Wednesdays when we record the podcast and we have we get up, we do our morning routine, we record the podcast, which we I think at the moment it's probably one of my favourite forms of content or creating at the moment is the yeah, podcast. Definitely. Because it's more long it's more long winded. We can speak to you guys a little bit more about stuff. We take on board some of your struggles, some of your feedback from it. And I'm so glad that so many people are really getting something from it. And again, we we finish the podcast and then we go for our walk. So today the sun is cracking the flags. It's 29 degrees in the UK, people. Yeah, so Set, what we're now alarms. going to do is going to grow, go and grab a coffee from the local coffee shop. Lucy's going to grab a toast. We're going to go for a, a walk. We're going to talk and we're going to enjoy it. And I just I, I just look forward to Wednesday so much because we have such a good routine in it and I enjoy producing these episodes as I know Lucy does. So again, it would mean a massive amount personally to both me and Lucy if you could just um dive on the link which i think i've got it here as well i'll try and put it somewhere else in story today and it's over on the next our couple socials of days. as well isn't it it's yeah. on our socials but um it is www.britishpodcastawards.com forward slash vote and if you type in the not so thick couple podcast it would mean a lot if you could submit a vote for both me and lucy with the podcast because we enjoy doing it and uh, it's great to have that recognition and we just we really love the podcast and we want to keep producing more and more of them moving forward yeah definitely i couldn't have said it better myself and we just really really appreciate all the listeners and everyone who shares the podcast on instagram on linkedin on facebook whatever it is we really appreciate you so much and as always this podcast is sponsored by the my coach school and if you didn't already know we we have a five-day free event which starts on the 29th of june and it is a free free healthy habits event and we've already got thousands of people ready to change their life and transform their habits and it's going to be incredible yeah. so, so sorry just to give you more in depth because i've just pulled it up now and um, i think it's really important that if you were listening to this before the event kicks off which will be next monday the 29th of june it's going to be a five-day event and what's covered in it is that we've got a couple of days running through haven't we so day one is um introductions to kill a morning routine so we're going to help you develop your morning routine on the first day build some more structure and and develop it into segments of personal growth day two we're going to be focused on saying goodbye to binge eating which is going to be an eating and nutrition workshop to discover some of the insights to help you stop overeating and learn about foods your body needs to function mm-hmm. feel healthy and look good so that'll be on the tuesday the 30th of june day three is going to be all about movement and mobility so learn how to align your posture move freely and this is going to be led by an expert in the field so we have a special guest on who's going to be delivering that workshop on wednesday the 1st of july day four is probably one of our most exciting days and one of our favorites mm-hmm. it's going to be called fuck off thursday and this is where you learn a new level of self-control and the two-minute rule to get off social media and get the needed headspace for your day. And then the final day, day five, which I'm really excited about, is going to be, um, we're going to have another special guest on who's going to introduce us to some guided meditation and some sound healing. There's a lot um, going on at the moment with everything that's on the world. Yeah. There's a lot of misery, negativity, and I think this 
is what everyone will need and learn how to calm our minds and think clearly in times that are tough. So I know both me and Lucy are really, really excited about this event. Um, again, if you want to sign up for the event, it's going to be a free five-day event. You will probably find the links in, in our bios. Again, it'll probably be on a lot of our swipe-ups, but just in case you're struggling to find it, again, you can find that on www.mycoachschool.com forward slash healthy, is it hyphen? hyphen habits we'll be a lot of swipe ups we'll be sending more emails out about if you're on our email list and we're just really really excited to kick this event off and give something back to you guys that will help you not so much physically because we're not going to have people jumping around the front rooms and burping until they're blue in the face it's all going to be about building healthier habits for you to move forward with in your life that you want to try and achieve and accomplish yeah definitely and Again, thank you for listening. We appreciate you so much and we'll catch you in the next episode. Bye, guys. Bye, guys.